Welcome to Capital Stories, where we talk to real people about real issues and look for intersections of life and faith to inspire you in your personal walk with Jesus. My name's Eric, and I'm here with Tara. Hi. And I must say, we've had such a fun time getting this podcast off the ground this past month. We have. We really have. Yeah. Fun. We've heard from a few of you listeners out there, too, and we must say, first, it's encouraging to find out that you you actually exist in the first place. (laughs) Like like these stories aren't just going out into cyberspace and dropping off into nothingness, but there's someone actually listening to us. It's kind of fun to hear that. Um, But not only that, um, it's encouraging to hear at least for someone, our conversations have made you think they've been encouraging and hopefully made a small mark on your life and your faith. So we just wanted to say thank you. Yes, thank you. Maybe they've even made a big mark. I hope so. A big mark. A big mark. Yeah, they have on mine. I mean, the whole point we want to say here too is that as much fun as you've had listening, we've had like twice as much fun recording. Yes. We've had lots of laughs, but also lots of learning. Uh, So far, the conversations we've recorded have just felt like candy to our Mm. souls. And that was certainly the case for today's episode too. Today, we're sharing a conversation that we had with Chris and Sarah Spieler. Uh, It's really not even the whole conversation. We spent an hour and a half talking to them. We had to slice and dice bunches of stuff (laughs) to trim it down to this 40-ish minute episode. But Chris and Sarah are a couple from our Park City community, and we talked with them very openly, very frankly, very practically about marriage, about parenting, about how their individual spiritual journeys influence the way they lead each other and they lead their family. Yeah. Uh, as always, this is just one example of how a family is doing their faith. There's lots of different ways to do it, but I think there's there's some really good discipleship yeah. nuggets in this one. Chris and Sarah are also both athletes. Chris is actually pretty well known in the CrossFit world. So we talked too about being a business owner and how God has provided and continues to provide in unimaginable ways. So without further ado, here's episode three of Capital Stories. Welcome, Chris and Sarah, to Capital Stories. Hi there. Hey, thank you. I thought that we could start at the beginning, at least one beginning, which is how you guys met. I understand there's a little bit of a God story there, and we love God stories and Capital Stories. (laughs) So I met Sarah at a Young Life camp Hmm. in 1998. And just so, right? No, 99. We always mess this up. And like our wedding band actually says the well, wrong you date. You don't have it. Because, I do. Oh, you do. It this, says Saranac sorry, 98. Because oh, no. we thought we met in 1998, but we actually met in 1999. But our wedding band says 98. Yeah, so if you guys it? go in there, we were wrong. It's 99. <laughs> um, so, so we met in 1999 at uh, Lake Saranac. I worked on the ropes course. I'm cool. And we volunteered at a Young Life camp. I worked for um, a month. And uh, I went back to school, and Sarah went back to school, Mm -hmm. and I graduated and moved out to Park City in 2001. And Sarah sent out this mass email, you know, emails that you get from people that keep in touch. She's good at keeping in touch. I'm not. I'm not like the, yeah, keep in touch guy. Yeah, so I uh, I got the email. And I replied and I said, okay, hey. so hold on here. Yeah, hold on. There you go. Thank See? You. Yeah. <laughs> Detail, please. So, yeah. <laughs> five years later, after working at that Young Life camp, I found the random email list from camp 
with everyone that had been on that had been at the camp. And I was like, oh, I wonder how everyone's doing. I'm going to send out a mass email <sighs> to everybody, to everyone. Yeah. Really? Yes. yes. Five years later? Basically, yes. Hey, guys. Yeah. Remember five right? years ago when we yeah. were all at that camp? How's, Basically. How's it going? How's everyone doing? Which That's we were great. the coolest summer staff people yeah, ever. We was, had the best group yeah. ever. It was. Yeah. It was super unique, and everyone was just... It was awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's Why how it started out. Okay. That so, does seem random. But. Yes. I did the mass yeah. email. A lot of people wrote back. Hey, I appreciate blah, you explaining blah. the mass email because yeah. that is weird to have. <laughs> right? so that's yeah. Good. Yeah. So far, super weird. <laughs> so I found yeah, the, right. the paper with everyone's email on it. Okay, and, it's not like I had, you know, anyway. So yeah. I emailed. We started emailing So you get this email, Chris, from I did. Sarah. And so well, I did the typical thing. You guys all have been there where you're like, hey, I live in Park City, Utah. Stop. If you ever want to come out, you've got a place to stay. You know how you say that, but you never really mean it? You did, Come on. Well, like, who's going to go? Who's right, going to just like, like show up in Park on, City and say, hey, exactly. I've hey, got hotel this random mass email list from 40 people. Did you seriously just say, yes, okay, I'll so be there hold soon? On here. Details. <laughs> I had a spring break coming up, and it just so happened that that spring break Nothing was going on, and I was like, oh, maybe I will go out there. I've never yeah. flown anywhere. Why not? Never been on a plane. You'd never been on a plane? Never. No. I'm 23, 22 at the time. 22, yeah. Yeah, and never been on a plane. So that was kind of like a big deal, and I, when I, after I sent the email, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I don't... I don't even know him. He could be really weird. He's super handsome. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, he did do really well on the run. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just I mean, this ended up being a lot more of a big deal than it already was. Oh yeah, like you yeah. got on a plane for the first time and flew to Park City. Yes, and I yes. The and questions Chris in my like, head the whole oh. time I'm going. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? This is insane. This is to sound really bad. <laughs> But this is not, this is like happenstance. <laughs> Happens so there just was once in a blue Another moon, girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Gosh. Like, so there's another girl uh, that Who? I went to college with, uh, and I had sort of dated her a little bit toward my se- the end of my senior year. Um, <clears throat> and her name was also Sarah, but not with an H. Okay. And guess what I said to Sarah? We called her Swimmer Sarah because she was, swam, and this is Runner Sarah because she I ran. ran in college. Swimmer Sarah reached out to me <laughs> oh. and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I live in Park City, Utah. If you've ever liked to come out, you have a place to stay because it's what no you one, do. No one can take you. Why? Yeah, right. Be careful Stop what you tell people out loud. And she says, "I'm coming out." And I was like, "What are your dates? No problem. <laughs> what are your dates? Same week." <gasps> yeah, same week. And I was like, um, I just have to tell both of them that I invited them out. <laughs> and, and they, they both, both said, said yes. yes. And they're, so did Swimmer Sarah not join the party? Oh, she came. Yeah, and you so, did? Flew in on yeah. the same day. Yeah, basically, I mean, in a nutshell, they both came out. They both hung out. Um, and then Swimmer Sarah went wow. home two or three days before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to fly out. And then Sarah stuck around for another two I or three mean, days. I mean, the length of the break. I was like, if I'm going somewhere, yeah. let's just do this. And while she was here, um, some of the guys at the, the condo <laughs> were like, hey, you should stay for the summer. Come out for the summer. Like, just live with us. And I was no. Like, yeah. Like, 
rent would be cheaper. You could hang out for the summer. And she's like, I'm the yes girl. Right? And she's like, maybe I will. So guess what? So, yeah. You did. I I go back to school. I had a great spring break. It was awesome. We kept in touch. That's when they were like, you should come out for the summer. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It was my last year for my undergrad. I had things set up to get my master's Mm. at that school. I had an assistantship that was going to pay for it. And I had one more year left to run that I was also getting money for as well. So I had everything figured out at that point. And I was just like, oh, if I can make it work for the summer, okay, I can try that. And so... Wow. So crazy. Yeah. And like yeah. she, so she flew out. No, you drove, no. drove flew out. Cause I was yeah. like, Took your at the time, I mean, time. <laughs> Captain Cool Card here, at the time I had a Harley. We used to drive Whoa. to church on the Harley. Yeah. We used to drive down here on the Harley. That's yeah. pretty cool. But I had a Harley and I was like, you can borrow my old Jeep for the summer and drive that around. I'll just drive the Harley around. I'm like, yes, I'm I'll super take the cool. Jeep. Yes. She's wow. taking the Jeep. So she lands. Yeah, so I was supposed to, supposed to live, live with, us. with him like, and his roommates in this little in their closet. It was no, actually, sorry, technically it was an was office, an office but it, there was no windows. Right off the kitchen, <laughs> and I was or just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about the living situation, but this is all I have right now. I got my bills covered. We'll just see what happens. So the day I land, I meet uh, Matt and Jesse Boss. Jesse yes. Meehan. Yes. Oh my gosh. And yep. we the day I land, we went to a Capitol Church picnic at Sugar House yep. Park. It was the, the remember the day, yeah. day I in Salt Lake? Yeah. In Salt Lake. The one yes. where we used to have it at Mountain Dell. Yes. Remember? Yes, yeah. I do. But it was at Sugar yeah. House. Huh. Was it, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. At Sugar House. Yeah. I thought it was at Mountain Dell. Okay. No, yeah, but Sugar anyway. Okay. That's when I met Jesse and she said, oh She's like, please you're don't insane. with those stinky or live with those stinky boys. Yeah. You can come live with me. And I was like, Oh, sweet mother. Wow. All right, perfect. This is a like deal. Magical. <laughs> I mean, really? Weird. Like all these things ha- I mean, you kind of go Right. Yeah. Like sure. that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I lived with Jesse Meehan in her one bedroom apartment. I mean, she was so with sweet her to bring dog me and in. Cat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I shared a bedroom with the girl. Like, and she nice. never wow. met Sarah. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So I came out for the summer. And then. And I worked like fifty thousand jobs. I did that. Whatever outlet. you were, cash cow. Okay. I was like poor <laughs> ski bum guy. <laughs> and then two years later, we got married. And your yeah, your relationship okay. kept. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Wow. You just zipped right Skipped to it. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to like keep the You're ball rolling. You're speeding it up. I'm just okay. trying to like. Real, you have to interject talks, the yeah. 8.975. We, okay, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. I mean. So we dated through the summer. Yeah, yeah. But at one point. Yeah. There was the, what the heck are we? Yeah, the and determine the relate the DTR, yes. right? Like yeah. I need determine some the relationship kind of talk. Yeah. And, and I, I remember <laughs> before Sarah came out cuz I that did there were have, numbers I, involved. Right, I know. <laughs> I I remember when Sarah was coming out, I did have a feeling. I was like if this girl's flying across the country, mm-hmm. like I don't know, maybe she's like that's like maybe she's a little bit interested in me. I don't know. But I did have like a weird feeling. Right. Like I, I mean, did legit. I was like, I think I'm gonna marry this girl. Like, I don't know why. Already. I yeah, no, and there was no like, I you know, there were no like at Saranac. There were no like sparks, whiz bang, wow. You know, it wasn't. I like, was wow. just another girl you met, right? We, yeah, just yeah, right. Sarah, even. <laughs> just another Sarah, right. <laughs> but with an H. Um, so then I remember, like, shortly after, she was like, we're in Jesse's apartment. 
and you were like, yeah, we you were on the balcony. pinned me down. And you were like, oh, so heavens. what? Like, what are we? You know, like, where are we? What are we? On a fair. Scale, on a scale. Yeah, right. Totally fair. On a scale of oh. one to 10. And what was your scale? Oh, wow. Like, one, one was like, we is just a stranger. Met. So she oh. came up with the number. <laughs> yeah. One is a stranger and 10 is what? 10 is like dating. You're it. We are dating. 10 oh. is like. Really? Like, was it dating or like. You're like, we're gonna get married. No, it was somewhere. like ten stuff. dating, dating. That's it. Like, like, no, we're not dating anybody else. Right. Well, anyway, yeah, it was an eight point nine seven five. I was, you gave it an eight point nine seven five. It sounded I mean, right. It felt right. Feels, <laughs> it's pretty high. I feel pretty good about <laughs> right. that. It's like I can't quite say nine, but like I really kind of want to. Yeah. Yeah. And like I don't know what ten is, so Better I feel five, like that's, right? yeah, I feel yeah. like that's really dating. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. that was the DT, the DTR. That was it. The eight point nine seven five. Yeah, yep. which I think we both knew that. I think like, you we weren't yes. seeing anybody. Yeah, I think it was five. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Ninety eight. Nope. Now ten. Eight point nine seven five to ten. Yeah, that's the number that counts. Yeah. Um. So yeah, dated okay. for two years, got married. Yeah. So you guys met at Young Life. So were you you were followers of Christ your whole lives? I mean, yeah, sort I, of. I, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. Um. But I think, you know, one of the conversations I often have with people now is, mm. you know, as you get older, it almost sounds weird to say that, right? Like, I don't know why, because I think that as you get older and you experience more and you're around people and things happen and bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. You have to kind of redefine, I have, what that walk with Jesus is and what does that mean for me? Because it's not the, you know, cardboard, the felt cut out Jesus on the felt board that everybody, you know what I mean? It's not that simple. Um, and no, uh, so I grew up in a Christian home, but I, I really didn't go to church often. I didn't like church. We didn't, like, I wasn't a part of a youth group. I was the kid that would go to the youth group and, you know, you have the the Bible nerd kids that knew like where everything was in their Bible. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, mm. And then I went to some FCA camps, like Fellowship of Christian Athlete. Mm. And I was around some stuff there and I met some really cool people there, but nothing really resonated really, really for me until I was in 10th grade. And this is a total God thing too. Um, I remember talking with my dad my dad would always talk about how he worked at the first Young Life camp, which was um, in Buena Vista, Colorado. And he's like, I used to drive around a Jeep and fill up soda cans, and we used to take care of horses, and the kids would just go ride horses. And I was like, this is, all of this sounds awesome. Like everything he was explaining, I thought, this is cool, but we didn't have Young Life at my high school. So I signed up to go to a Young Life camp, which if those of you guys that aren't familiar with Young Life, they run it out of a school. And within the school is a club and then they have like a Bible study with campaigners. So it's very like school oriented. Mm -hmm. So each school has their young life and then they have leaders. But since we didn't have one, I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to go with a different school. So I showed up at a bus. I was in 10th grade with, I think it was 120 kids from a different high school that I had never met ever in my really? life. Yeah. I never like met. A teenager. Right. I, I was thinking I was mean, 14. Yeah. Wow. And I just that showed is. up and I met these two kids. One was Jeremy and another kid. I forget yeah. who they were. They were the nicest kids and they just like took me under their wing. Mm. And I remember going to the Young Life camp and being like, oh my gosh, like these people are on fire for Jesus and they're cool. Yeah. Mm. Like they are so cool. They broke the mold yeah. of, mm. and 
I don't know. I just loved it. There were people that were working on work crew with tattoos on their arms. And just like, I was like, if the, and they were so passionate about Jesus and so passionate about kids and just life and fun and not the stick in the mud Christian. And I just remember thinking like, whatever they have, I want. And I still remember, gosh, I remember sitting on the dock. I remember as a kid, like you say the prayer, right? Like you do the thing, but like, I remember sitting on the dock at Saranac. And I remember that like that night they do kind of, they call it the cross talk and they talk about our separation from God and what he's done for us. They give you 15 minutes just on your own, silent. Yeah. And I went to the dock and I just sat there and I just had my feet off the edge. And I still remember just like sitting there in my flip-flops, like hitting the water and being like, I like, I just want this, you know? And like, God felt so real Mm. in that moment. Just like, holy crap like yeah. you, i you know like for what me what an impression yeah. of sitting yeah. there and saying i can't explain this yeah and i can't but i know that god is real 100% you know mm-hmm. and having that as a teenager having that moment or at any point in our yeah. life i remember mm-hmm. that for me you know just and i'm like i can't even but i know yes that god mm-hmm. is real for yeah. myself 100% and yeah. like him meeting you there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being what mm-hmm. you need him to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so that for me, 10th grade was really like that defining point for me to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's continually obviously evolved over time. But yeah, yeah for I want to say too, just like the creation of that space, that that organization created a space yeah. in which you could hear from God, created a space for our teenagers or, oh yeah, totally, just to create a space and for you to look and say, that's, I want whatever you have. I think we forget that. Yeah. Easily sometimes. Yeah, you God's know, that grace that's more is more powerful massive. than all our words mm-hmm. right. and all our, you know, mm. quote this and, yeah. and that, but just the 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 power of the action. Yep. Yeah. Um or the character. Yeah. And like I, I think loudly. sometimes we forget, I know I do, like it's not our job to save, like we just present the yeah. gospel. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in some the, form, right? The way that we live, the way that we, the conversation that we have, mm-hmm. the door that's open, and then you, you let it work. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think God's grace is so massive that we underestimate like how He uses okay. things outside of the traditional scope to bring people to Him. Yeah. And Sarah, you and how you were obviously a young life as well. Yep. So I grew up in a family that went to church like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We kept we would go to like a Methodist church in our small town. Was in the youth group, found Young Life when I was a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and just kind of like I like latched on to that. I loved all of the leaders that I came in contact with, um just all of the joy they had in them and mm-hmm. so much passion. Mm-hmm. Um I loved I loved like I was kind of I don't know, like they say in Young Life where they try to get that kid that they really want to like speak to that kid. So that kid can like bring all of their friends to club in young mm-hmm. life. And I feel like I might have been that kid because in my head, I'm like, gosh, this is so awesome. All my friends need to come. So I would just, I wanted just everyone to come. So I, anytime there was club on Monday nights, I'm like bringing a whole car load, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, mom and dad, you got to pick us up and take us home, but we're going to go to club. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big part of my life as a high schooler. And then I do remember a similar thing where I um 
went to a summer camp. They gave the talk and they give you that 15 minutes. And similar to Chris, where I just went out by the docks and I was like, oh gosh, I want this. Yes, absolutely. You know? And so it was just during that peaceful 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like, I just remember looking up the stars and it was such a clear night um, and just feeling his presence there. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. So (laughs) I wasn't expecting this piece of the story of the, just the reminder of the, the, the power and the impact we can have on youth. Yeah. Oh, Uh. And, yes. the, and the teenagers and the yeah. the the, mm-hmm. the impression we make. Yep. And Massive. the sensitivity to the spirit of God that our teenagers, you know, can have, and Definitely. and just just to be aware of that mm-hmm. for the, with the teenagers or then the students in our lives. And yep. here's the thing: yeah. I think I, one of the things I learned through young life. Well, I mean, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is like, and I love this about high school kids. They can smell BS from a mile away. Mm -hmm. And if they see an adult Mm -hmm. that I think lives in a way that doesn't match with what they say, Mm. they'll be the first one. They'll be the first one to see it. And I think that's such a cool quality of a high school kid Mm -hmm. and just a teenager in general. So I think it's a reminder for us too, and and like as parents and, like the impact that we can have on kids and meeting them on their turf, meeting them in their world and giving them grace to be who they are Mm -hmm. and be curious and ask Mm -hmm. questions and not have it figured out. And I I mean, we try to do that with our kids and that is hard. Like that is a hard space to be in sometimes because I think, you know, for us that maybe grew up in a church or had a, a Christian home, you know, it's like, the story that we're told or sometimes led to is that, you know, there's creation. We sinned. We fell away from God. He died on the cross to save us for our sins. We ask for forgiveness and go to heaven. And it's like, that's not even, that's not the whole story. You know, (laughs) like that might be like portions of the cliff notes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like to learn um, the character of God and what that is, from the Old Testament and how it flows all the way through the New Testament and how it is a unified story that leads to Jesus and how giving kids space to figure it out on their own. I've never talked, my kids are 11 and nine, and I've never sat down with my kids and said, Rourke, Mila, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? Because I don't think it's just a prayer. I think that, again, God's grace is big enough, and I think we do need to receive Him and recognize Him as King and admit our sins, but I don't think that happens in the form of just a prayer that suddenly is this magical thing. You know, I think it's a process for kids and for for adults, too, that, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I try to give my kids space to figure it out on their own, and hopefully we lead by example and we are far, far, far from perfect, but hopefully we they have give that them moment that. of sitting on the dock. <laughs> right. You know, right. you're creating yeah. the space 100%. and that's what we want for our children to have that moment of sitting on the dock. And we don't know when that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Right. But what you're saying um, reminds me of um, a scripture that says, whatever you do, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Yep. Yeah. And we can be imperfect and we have no choice but to be. Mm. But there's just there is power of conducting ourselves mm-hmm. in a manner 
that is worthy of the gospel. Yeah, and let that do the heavy yeah. lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. pray. <laughs> yeah. That that moment, yep. you know, or that the people will come into their lives. Yeah. Um, to create that space yeah. for them. Yeah. So you come into a marriage with your individual faiths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then comfortable in your own kind of spiritual skin. But I, I think something that is fascinating about you as a couple is how you fit into your spiritual skin together well. And I would love to hear from you about how the your unity in your spirituality and sharing that with each other and how you grow that. Yeah, so it's funny. I actually met with Troy uh, uh, probably like three or four years ago because I was like, I'm doing, I must be doing something wrong. Because like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in our head, I know for me, I don't know, Eric, how you feel sometimes, but I, I know for me, it's it's like, I didn't grow up in a house where, you know, we had like family Bible studies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, it just, uh, just mm-hmm. wasn't the jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have thought, do I need to do that? Like, am I doing that wrong? Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader of the house? And like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. what do we need to do? Because it's on my yeah. shoulders. Like, it feels massive, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, feels like just a little bit of responsibility. So I, I actually met with Troy and I was like, what? Like, what do I, what am I doing? What do I do? Like, am mm-hmm. I doing this right? Like, paint this picture for me. Right. Right? Tell me what to do. Yeah. And like, I, I think I was looking. I the answer looking, wasn't so simple. Well, I think I was... <laughs> What was cool is I think it was because I think I was looking for this like, okay, check the boxes, Chris. Like here are the five boxes you need to check to being a perfect spiritual leader. Right. It's like, right. 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 And he was basically like, hey, if you live in a way that honors the gospel, that your kids and your wife will be attracted to that and they will want to follow. And I was like, oh, it sounds silly to say this, but I think it also maybe gives p- parents some grace is like life can get bananas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's not mm-hmm. this easy, pretty, mm-hmm. oh, well, Monday at this oh, time, no. we're going to do yeah. this. And Tuesday mm-hmm. at this, it, and we're, and we're not like that. We, are, we don't plan. At all. At all. Like to <laughs> a fault. So we're not really planners, but I do think like we give each other space to have that walk and that relationship look whatever that does. So Sarah, I know you love watching sermons on for, hold on. So for years I felt like, like these quiet times, they needed to be like, I needed to read something and then read the Bible. And I think I got really hard on myself because that just wasn't how I worked. And and then I just, it just, over the years, it just started to snowball into this, well, I'm just going to watch, I'm watching a sermon. And I told Chris yesterday, I was like, babe, I just watched a sermon. It was an hour long. But you know me, I like to take notes. I think it took me like two hours to get through the sermon because I'm hitting pause, write it down. Pause, like, you know, like I just want to absorb so much of what people have to say. And um, so anyway, that's where I have found myself. It's taken years to figure out like, I don't know, my language in that, I guess, but that's how, um, I connect best. I, I, I like this, this picture you're painting of the way that you, this works for you presently. Yes. Because like Tara said, I don't know that this is the case across the board for marriages. People expect the Bible study around the kitchen table every yeah. morning before breakfast, Man. which 
when you have children, like that yeah. feels impossible. Or right. your, like, or your spouse, that right. or your right. spouse isn't necessarily thinking about God at all. Right. You know, sure. mm-hmm. and, you're, yeah. and you're kind of like really sure. thinking about yeah. it and you don't know how to bring it up, but you want to say like, I want to do this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds but, to me like you're both doing this so well individually, but making a point to check in mm-hmm. about it with each other as a couple. And that's, that's a great example of how this can work. You know, I, I love that. Um, I've been trying and not just transparent. Like, I mean, I'm lucky if I have two days a week where I sit down and just like make time to read and pray. I find myself praying throughout the day way more often and just trying like, please don't, <laughs> don't, don't assume like when I say this, like, like a constant state of prayer. Like I find myself, you know, sometimes catch myself like praying when I don't even realize I'm praying like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm, you know, but I think that's, from a habit that I created when I was in college where I was Mm -hmm. like Sarah, when I had time and all I cared about was wrestling and I took four credits a semester (laughs) and I had hours upon the day and I would sit down and read Mm -hmm. and journal for an hour every day because, but very much like Sarah, once I got busier and more responsibilities, like that just was a difficult reality. It became a labor, not, I would even hesitate to say love. It felt like duty. Mm, yep. And suddenly I was like, this is not okay. Like I need mm-hmm. to stop doing this because I need to realize that God loves me regardless, that mm-hmm. he's always there for me. Mm-hmm. And like, he's still my father. It does like, I do, my actions don't dictate like what his standing and my standing are. It's honestly like how much do I want to engage with him? Mm-hmm. And then I think as I've matured, I just realized that like the more that I engage with him, the more he engages with me or just mm-hmm. the more aware I am yeah. of like his presence, the things in our lives mm-hmm. or ways that I need to be treating others or my thought process, you know, and like, mm-hmm. a- am I getting derailed versus not? What am I thinking about? What are my passions? All those things, you know, when I stay more grounded, mm-hmm. those are all obviously better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we do a reasonably good job, but it's not like a planned thing either. We're not like every Wednesday, no. we're going to talk well, it about sound our... like that would work for you given what we yeah. do. <laughs> right. Where yeah, for other, yeah. for others, I do think that works. Mm-hmm. I do think that like people that have that personality, it's yeah. like, no, like we should carve out this time Find and make what this works time. Yeah. For you and your family. Yeah. I just, I think that it is really what a gift to be able to share the idea that it is important to make time for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Uh, Sarah mentioned that um, Chris was a CrossFit king champion. Uh, Chris was. I, I tried a real hard for a long time. How many yeah. years? CrossFit Games athlete. CrossFit for, Games athlete like for eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Came in the top ten group, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was he's, around. He's him very for a while. humble. He's he very had humble. A, a lot of success in the. CrossFit, yeah. CrossFit, CrossFit world. world. Yeah. yeah. In the, the CrossFit world. world. In the CrossFit yeah. world. And now you guys have a gym. Yep. And you are business owners yep. of this gym with employees and all of that. And that yes. has been a bit of a God story in itself. So it's probably a big story to tell. I'll but keep it short. as. Yeah, business owners and having to hear the voice of God, follow the voice, voice yeah. of God, go and do. Long story short, I was a total ski bum, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. A friend of mine that was doing Young Life, I was a leader with him. He brought his friend in town and they sat down. This guy, you know, was 10 years older than me. He's like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, if I could do anything, I'd do Young Life and I'd open a CrossFit gym. And he goes, well, why don't you? 
And I was like, uh, I can't. He's like, why? And he just pinned me down. I was like, why? And I didn't have an answer. So I decided after going through five years of trying to figure out what to do, I got a credit card with a $5,000 limit on it. And I paid for a flight to Golden, Colorado. And I got my level one while I was there. And I remember being there and kind of having this aha moment, like this is what I want to do. Hmm. Got that, spent the rest of that money on a handful of pieces of equipment, went to the rec center in Park City and asked if I could open a CrossFit gym inside the rec center. And at the time, because no one was doing anything like that, and there wasn't even like personal training there, the... Uh, I guess the the manager of the rec center was like, sure, as long as you have a membership and your clients have a membership, you can do it. It's like, cool. So I took my 65-year-old dad in for his first CrossFit air quotes again workout. Um, And I took an ESOL whiteboard and I wrote on it CrossFit Park City. And I had my dad, my 65-year-old dad, do my first workout in the gym. And, and your wifey Sarah then brought all her running girls. Yep, Sarah then started to come to class. Like I was having classes, <laughs> which it was the, the best of deal track. of all time because it was basically one-on-ones for yeah. the entire month for you know, like nothing. And I remember when I got my first paying client, he called me and I was working at Jan's at the time. Yes. Oh. His name's Pat Cayley. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like someone's going to pay me to train them, to train yes. them. Like, yeah. this is amazing. You know, I'm getting paid. <laughs> And uh, I'm making $170 a month. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So it started in the corner of the track Mm -hmm. and I slowly grew it. And then I had no idea what I was doing. I went and found a place that I wanted to lease. I was like, let's do this. Let's get our own spot. I looked all around. I had two people refuse to lease me their spaces because they told me I would fail. They said, no, I don't, I won't lease this to you because there's too many fitness places in Mm -hmm. town already and you'll go out of business. So I found someone that would let me lease it. I signed a five-year lease, not knowing this, but I told myself, I'll give it two years. And if it falls apart, I'll walk away from it. Having signed a (laughs) five-year lease because what what does that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we started off in a 1300 square foot facility and slowly over time have grown. We've been in business for 14 and a half, four, it's just past 14 years. Actually, this April, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 14 wow. years. Um, and we and, went from that <clears throat> space to where it got so cramped, it just so happened that the furniture store across the parking lot went out of business. Yeah. We went right over to it, transitioned oh. right in, and then that space got packed just so happened that wow. the space next to the furniture moved, moved, so we you blew the wall out, wall yeah. out, and that's where we've been. I had always thought, well, if this is going to be a long term thing, like we should build mm-hmm. building in Park City for mm-hmm. us is like not like really we, hard, like we, really yeah. expensive, we really difficult. People that do that, yeah, it's no. like really crazy. So <laughs> negative. So we were like, <laughs> if we're going to do this long term, we should probably think about building. So we started in 2012, looking at buying land gave up on the thought of ever building. Yep. And then um I had a, a, a guy at the gym, his name's Greg. Greg probably I think he knows this, but he he might not know this. He's an older guy in the gym and I love Greg. He's mm-hmm. in his He's late sixties. And he was just so encouraging to me. He was always like so he had car dealerships. His dad had car dealerships growing up. And Greg's done well for himself, but he was like uh it's like my dad always told me that the car dealership wasn't worth anything, but the land and the building is what mm-hmm. what was worth anything to anybody. And he was like, and he was right because when we sold it, 
it wasn't the cars. It wasn't the dealership. It was the land in the building. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so if you can make this work, he's like, you should do it. And I thought, man, like what a, you know, coming from a guy in his late sixties, like he's got way more life experience than me. Mm-hmm. Some wisdom. Yeah. So we started looking again, um, where we currently bought. I originally tried to buy land there. I went to the County and I, they said I didn't fit their zoning. So I tried to change the verbiage and let them know, Hey, here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's mm-hmm. how we help the community or a local business basically got the reply. We love what you do, but no, <laughs> two years later, I get a call from my buddy that still goes to the gym, yes. Nathan. And he says, Hey, I heard someone's going to the city hall, the County, meeting, county the meeting. County planning meeting to try to change the zoning. Is that you? And I was like, no, that's not me. But I'm and he goes, go. you should go. Yep. So I go and I've never been to one of these. <laughs> I was, I think one of two other people there. <laughs> right. Another guy coming in wants to build a climbing gym there. And this time he has two lawyers, one on either side of him. Mm-hmm. And the lawyers say, we just want to change the verbiage to this. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the front says, I don't see sure. a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I raise my hand and say, I agree. You shouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> I tried to do this two years ago. Um, Man. And now I start to try to find land, but there's no land. I can't find land there. The landlord that comes to the gym. I said, reach out to him yep. and say, do you know anyone that owns land here that it's not for sale? We want to buy it. Yep. So one of the guys that one of the owners of the complex that we're in now comes mm-hmm. to the gym. I asked him, he goes, I have a friend that owns a lot over there. Let me check. He lot was Ford. under contract, fell through. I put in wow. a bid. He accepted it. So we bought land. And basically, over the course of the past, it's taken us two years now. Mm-hmm. We're at the two-year mark from the time that we bought the land to going through the permit process mm-hmm. to be able to get a building. I, I mean, it has it been has- nothing short of an absolute... It has been really, really hard. But yep. along the way, like one of the things that I did, I was, I was fortunate enough as a CrossFit athlete to have sponsors. And one of the things I did, um, we are not the planners. We're not no. the 401k, the Roth Mm-mm. IRA. Like, it's like I would just take any money that I got from that and I would just save it and save stash it. it. And years so I thought if years. I could ever build we a building, mm-hmm. we would have the money to do that. If not, we have savings, whatever. Um, And when it came time to sign for the land, we had to put down 10% of the entire projected cost, not just the land. And I looked at the money that I had in my sponsor account and it was $7 more (gasps) than I needed to put down on the land. I pray like over that building and that land like often. And like, um, it's crazy, you know, to think about I was a ski bum, you know, like I, I, I had no idea. I was a commercial recreation major. <laughs> I went to school cause I wanted to wrestle, you know, and God used everything, mm-hmm. yeah. like everything from the time I was six years old and I started wrestling, mm-hmm. like every, every lesson learned and every experience, everything I went through, I went through some tough stuff. Yeah, like every failure, with, everything. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I like, I arguably everything I've ever tried, I have fallen short at everything. I wanted to be an all American at division one with wrestling. And I was two matches away. I wanted to win the CrossFit games and I was two places away. I've wanted to have the most successful online business and I'm not even close. I've wanted to have, I mean, all these things that I've set out for, I have fallen short in my eyes and I've always felt like, man, like 
maybe that's just my role, you know, maybe that's, just, but it's like, I also know it's just like God's plan. Like every, when you start to look back, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't do this enough. Just being able to talk about it, it's helpful mm-hmm. for me. You realize that even though it feels mundane and even though it feels like day to day, like God's hand is at work. Mm-hmm. And the longer wow. we live, right? The more years we have behind us, the more we have that benefit of the hindsight, mm-hmm. being able to look back. Like as I listen to your story, one thing that jumps out to me is how regularly God put people in your life to vocationally encourage you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How regularly, how perfectly timed yep. God put people in your life mm-hmm. to encourage you in your vocation. Totally. To call you to the question, to say the right thing, mm-hmm. to yeah. just help move that forward. And without that reflection, without that remembering, we go, wow. Yep. With a fresh awe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you did what you did for me. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you have brought me here. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. tough stuff was part of that process. Yeah, and still, yeah. you know, and like, well, what a privilege what that a we privilege. get to do it. What a privilege. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our me. pleasure. Um, it was really great to hear your story and um, that we get to share it on Capital Stories. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Capital Stories. Like we said at the beginning of this, we had a really hard time stopping talking. We just talked and talked and talked and had such a great time getting to know the Spielers. We had to cut out some content and there was some really great studies that Sarah's mentioned that she's done that we'd love to share with you. We'll put those up on the website, capitalstories.com, so you can check them out. Also, be sure to tune in the 1st and 15th each month for new episodes. Also, also, to keep the stories coming, consider a donation to support this ministry at capitalchurch.com slash give. Thank you for that. And finally, if you have a story to share, we would love to hear about it. Let us know at capitalstories.com. See you next time.